Hello and welcome to episode 56 about, of Yelling About Comics, the show in which we often rant but very rarely yell about comics. I'm Jen Bozier. And I'm Carrie Honey. And this is Yelling About Comics. Spoiler alert, as we talk about the comics that we're reading, we do tend to go in depth about our storylines and our characters. So if you're reading along with us and you haven't yet read the most recent issues, go and check those out and then come back and rant along with us but not yelling because we're civilized. This week we're talking about, I guess, a whole lot of nothing. We're in this kind of weird stage in comic book news right now as we're waiting for San Diego Comic-Con in a couple weeks here that there's really lo- not a lot of news. Usually we have like a really good hot topic or something, but there's really been a whole lot of nothing as is I think evident by some of the comic book headlines and how people are kind of chasing nothing good example jonathan hickman put out a weird tweet today he said that like a group of crows is called a murder and another group of animals is called something and a group of x-men is called an orgy so now people are speculating that the new x-men series are going to be rated x could it that maybe he was talking about some of his comic book series like Black Monday Murders and whatever the other one that's possible it is possible although Black Monday well no never mind (laughs) Black Monday Murders actually does have quite a bit of nudity and sex in it but there's not a lot of sex in um, East of West and he did specifically say a group of X-Men so I mean it just seemed like a I saw the tweet and was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I didn't take from it that, ooh, everything's going to be X-rated. But that seems to be where some people are going with this. Okay, so the tweet is, a group of crows is called a murder. A group of tigers is called a streak. Is that true? I don't think so. I think a group of tigers is called uh, pride as well, but I could be wrong. A group of mutants is called an orgy. Oh, a group of mutants. Okay, well, Jesus. Final orders for House of X number one are due today. Huh. Okay. I don't... I think that actually made that a little even more confusing. <laughs> okay, some of these comments are just disturbing. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I didn't even look at the comments. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna go nowhere good well this one's kind of funny i think you meant to type house of triple x <laughs> anyway um, all right that huh, emma frost variant cover unavailable you know <laughs> i don't know why i looked at that uh-huh i have no one but to blame but myself that's true actually um but i i mean there's nothing to that there's nothing to that. There literally is nothing to that. So, or at least I don't think there is. I don't, all of a sudden I kept seeing these articles where people were like, oh, it's going to be rated X. Is it going to be rated X? Is it going to be rated X? And the only reason I clicked on it is because I was like, well, okay, now I got to know, is it going to be rated X? And that was the comment. I mean, if he's trying to stir up buzz, he certainly did that. It just, it just seems a very weird, I can't imagine like, after San Diego Comic-Con, after there's actual news, that people would be talking about that. Okay, so a group of tigers is called a streak? 
Or an ambush. Oh, I like ambush. I do kind of like ambush. I do like that. That's actually quite lovely. So there you go. There's something for you. There, you learned something. This That's podcast right. is educational. <laughs> <laughs> we should tag it as such. Um, so that's kind of a weird nothing tweet to be jumping on. And then, um, and then, so, oh my gosh, in our um, jumping around a little bit, they also, again, you can tell it's been a slow news week. Uh, it's also made news that The Walking Dead was banned from a couple of high school, Midwest high schools. And it was one of the, I clicked on the link because my first thought was, well, yeah. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should double check and make sure that it wasn't because like, you know, they took the Lord's name in vain or something weird like that. But no, it's for exactly the reasons you would think it would be, which is that those comic books are really violent and they cuss a lot. And there's like, I mean, people get raped in there. They actually like, I mean, there's some pretty violent depictions of that. Um, I am not, I'm generally, you know, free speech, blah, 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 not very prudish and stuff. But that's one thing that even I was like, yeah, you, you should not, a 14 year old should not be able to check that out of their high school library. Right. I'm, I, I'm, I'm down. I'm down with Ban always seems like such a hard word, but that's another thing that I'm like, really, if there was actually anything happening that anybody cared about right now, would we be talking about this? No, not some random high school in Idaho. Certainly not. Right. And part of me wonders, I would actually be really curious to know how many schools disallow The Walking Dead in their library. Like, is this one of those things where they're like, oh my God, the school banned it. It's like, yeah, it's actually banned out of like, 50 schools so you know they're just they're just catching up with the times um an adult actually read one of them and was like hey um maybe we shouldn't allow this in our library anymore yeah i i they're pretty i mean the walking dead was all about shock value so i mean again i if that's your thing great but eh, you know kids probably shouldn't be getting it from the uh, library at school. You can go get it from your local library <laughs> or talk your parents into buying it for you for Christmas. Because you know that they probably won't, don't read it. Yeah, exactly. They'll just be like, oh, comic books. Kids love those. And um, isn't that a TV show? Like, I, I think that's appropriate. Right. The TV show is actually a little tamer than some of the comics. Well, I know. That's the point. That's, a, that's the thing that's crazy about it. Well, that just that kind of blows my mind on occasion. Like when you think about the medium, especially since it's AMC, which AMC doesn't really shy away from, you know, unpleasantries. So it struck me as a little weird that, uh, yeah, even they, like there were some things that even they were like, no, no hard pass. It also could be a lot, uh, because in the beginning, you know, they didn't really have a budget and it showed that's true too yes they they've they've definitely earned their budget in the you know subsequent seasons and they probably just figured just keep it you know we've already captured a certain audience let's just keep it right this way yep that's probably true as well although their uh, special effects are still pretty bad i have to say yeah yeah they are they still i don't know i guess so i have friends who really like the show and they say that they're kind of endearing at this point i don't know 
Uh, I guess, you know, like, you know. Uh, like if that's your thing. Like B-rated horror movies type yeah. thing. Maybe something like that. I don't know. It's, it's be, not my thing, so I, you know. What would be really cool, though, is if the monsters at this point, they were claymation. Because that might be endearing. That would be endearing. <laughs> that would actually be kind of awesome. <laughs> um, I would support this. Uh, it's like a step away from just being puppets at that point. And then this, this is actually kind of interesting. And you and I both kind of had a dig for this headline. So this is the one that I'm actually surprised isn't getting a little bit more notice. And that is that the author of the Iceman series, that's the uh, Bobby from the X-Men, he's kind of throwing shade at Marvel um, for a lack of support. Yeah, um, you know, when uh, when Iceman came out as gay, I believe it was in X... I don't think it was not in X-Men Blue. It was in the all-new X-Men. That basically Jean Grey, young Jean Grey, called out young Bobby. Mm -hmm. Which to me is very odd, considering that they're from, what, the 60s? Like right. in the 60s, you wouldn't call that out. But I guess, you know, because we're in the aughts, now it's no cool. So let me help you, you know, figure out who you are, I suppose. Right. So he, I mean, she wasn't very nice about it either. She's like, why are you flirting? Like, you're gay. He was just like, no, what? Like, sweet, sweetie, that's <laughs> like, like, I wasn't ready to tell people this. Or he didn't really know himself. Like, because again, he's from the 60s and all that. Right. And so she's like, well, maybe you should go talk to your other self. <laughs> because Bobby had just gotten out of a relationship with Kitty Pride. Uh, no. Yes. Kitty Pride. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so younger Bobby confronts older Bobby. And older Bobby's like, you know, I you know, was never really sure. But now that you've talked to me, it's all come out. Okay, what? It's cool. It kind of makes most of like last 30 years of comics really weird. But at the same time, it almost kind of makes sense whenever none of his relationships worked out. Right. Uh, and, and I mean, none of them. <laughs> like He right. had no long-term relationship at all. Um, so there, there is that. And so soon after that, I think when they ended all new X-Men and they broke out with the X-Men Golds and X-Men Blue... They spun off a new series starring Iceman. And it would be, I think, Marvel's first official comic that was centered around a gay person. I think that's right. Um, so I know that they've had gay characters before. Actually, you know what? Don't quote me on that. I don't know. I'm th I think I'm confusing with DC because DC has, has had gay characters before. Mm-hmm. But Bobby's really the only one, like, I really remember um, really coming out. I think out. he was the first, like, I'm a main character and I'm LGBT, LGBTQ+. Okay. Like, I, you know, I, I think he was the first for that demographic that he's like, I am the first main character I have a solo series for. It. Okay. That makes but sense. But I could be wrong as well. No, I think that's true. I just wasn't sure if he's the first, like, gay character in Marvel Comics, because I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know, actually, to be honest. I know he was the first solo because there was a, a very big deal was made. But it canceled. I'm not surprised. 
And no, mm-hmm. it's not because he was a gay character. It's because it's right. Iceman. And Iceman has never been a fan favorite. No. He, well, you know, and he, we even said that when he, when, I remember when the series first came out, when you were talking about it, even we were kind of like, oh, that seems a little doomed from the start. Because I don't know that there are a lot of people who, when they're listing off their favorite X-Man... Bobby's at the top. I mean, I mean, I'm making assumptions. If you're like, oh my gosh, he's totally my favorite forever, and I can tell you why. No, Please. I always liked Iceman. Yeah, I mean, he was he was funny, but he needs other people to be funny right. with to kind of riff off of. It'd be like, would I read a Beast solo comic? No, I would not, because I could honestly, I could not imagine anything more boring. Right. Uh, at least when it comes to solo X-Men comics. So that's the only reason why I was kind of down on it. it was just, I was like, oh, that's not going to last very long because it, it's, it's Iceman and he's never you know, been as huge. Like, I don't know if any of the original five could be solo. I mean, they, they've tried with Jean Grey a few times and it hasn't really worked. Um, nobody would want Mr. Mopey Pants. No. And a solo thing. I mean, because you really needed those five people as a team together. And I don't think it's that big of a deal uh, to make them always be in a team. But anyway, they, they they tried this. And I think their idea was they really wanted to give, you know, the X-Men's first gay character some big credence. And that's that's great. I guess I just wish it was a different character, one that was much more popular. Because it would have given it more of a chance to survive. But... Uh, big shock a lot of comic book fans and X-Men fans were rather pissed that Iceman is now gay I'm not exactly sure how that impinges on their own personal life but regardless the internet's got an internet and so I had to look it up really quick and take this with a big grain of salt because it's Wikipedia sure but apparently the first openly gay Marvel character was Northstar, who was also an X-Man. Okay. The more you know. Look at this being educational. Okay, so, but this was the first solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Which, which I already knew that. Okay. So, yeah, so um, I just had to share that little tidbit. No, no. But yeah, I, I mean, the internet, the, the internet is why we can't have nice things. No, because people, if they don't like something a little bit, they have to take a personal grievance to it. Yep. And not only did they take a personal grievance to it, but like people do on the internet, they attack the author. Yes. And like, I haven't seen any of the tweets and it doesn't really say that they're threatening them, but they basically just, you know, uh, they made, they made Twitter a hostile place for him. And he went to Marvel for help and they were basically like, well, we can give you some cyberbullying tips which is not what he wanted. He wanted Marvel to come out and say, we are standing by Cena Grace and what he is doing with this character. But I know Marvel wouldn't. And that's because they're too afraid of angering a portion of the fan base that will then, you know, tear off and maybe not watch any of the MCU, which, you know, uh, people, they tried to ban, you know, Captain Marvel and well, that, or boycott it. Sorry, they tried to boycott it, and nothing yeah. really came of that either. 
Not really. So, but yeah, it wasn't too surprising that they didn't stand behind him on it. But it's interesting. It's interesting reading what he's saying now, because like there was a quote where he said that his the first editor on the series basically told him that if you make him quote unquote too gay the series will just be dead on arrival. So he had to like strike this balance of like making him this gay character without being, I have no idea what too gay means, but uh, without leaning too much into that. And that, but he also does say several times, and we do know this, and we've already said this, that solo X-Men series don't do great. And also not one about a minor character who everyone does like. Right. So, and he also says that he, I needed Marvel to stand by me with more work opportunities to show the trolls that I was more than a diversity hire. So people were also accusing him of, you only got this job because you're gay. I don't even know if he is. I'm going to assume just from this, from this topic. We'll keep you in mind. I got so tired of that sentence. Even after a year of the new editor-in-chief saying I was talented and needed to be on a book that wasn't the gay character... This is a really weird thing to say. The only assignment I got outside of Asma- Iceman. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Iceman. Gosh, I'm a terrible. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> was six pages long about a version of Wolverine where he had diamond claws. Fabulous, yes. Heterosexual, yes. Still kind of gay, though. <laughs> That's, oh my god, that's somehow more, like, that's like flaming. I'm sorry, that's like, I can just picture him, like, the diamond claws coming out and somebody being like, fabulous! (laughs) Sparkle! He says, bub, I'm fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's some, I mean, that's like something I would expect to see, like, I don't know. Like on like RuPaul's Drag Race, them being like, "This is the fabulous Wolverine," right? I mean, it's that kind of like over the top in a good way. I want to make that very yeah. clear that in a good way. But like, if you're looking to branch out from as he says, and I do understand what he's saying when he says the gay character, right? Like, I'm no, sure. No, I'm just saying he's the way he's saying it was like if the editor in chief was like, "You need to be in a book that's not the gay character," and it's like, well, what yeah. is? What does that mean? You're also making it sound like it's a punishment that you are on the gay character. That we're only- well, I wonder if that's like how much they boiled it down to, right? Like, oh yeah, so we've got our X-Men and we've got this and we've got that. We've got the gay character. We've got like, <laughs> as they try to, well, like, like as you go down your laundry list of what markets you're serving, right? So we've got our feminist characters. We've got our gay character. We've got this, we've got that, right? We're getting our old school fan base with all of our X-Men series. like. Is that like how they just categorized everything? Is it is it just that simplistic to Marvel on their back end? I feel like this is kind of an insight into Marvel and how they work. Right. And, you know, being owned by Disney, I can't say I'm entirely surprised because Disney, I can't predict what Disney's going to do. Nobody can. I really can't. Because on the one hand, like, I remember hearing that during a um a uh uh, recording session for i don't remember what cartoon it was but it had cruella deville in it and she called someone an idiot and the disney execs were there and they're like oh no 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 no. we 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 can't say that so they had to think of a of a different phrase and 
That's where Pammy Adlon, the <laughs> with her not giving a shit character, and they're they're like saying moron, like no, 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 and she she's a jerk, I'm like no, we can't say that either. And she goes, well, I guess cunt liquor is out. <laughs> so, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they they wouldn't let you know idiot in this kids show, and yet. They took a, they totally rewrote a character for the live action Beauty and the Beast. Right. So they obviously have no problem with gay characters. Right. So then, I don't know if Disney was putting the squeeze on Marvel or if Marvel was afraid of putting this, of Disney putting the squeeze on them or if it's just old school mentality at Marvel. I, you know what? I think, so if you go back a few years, if we go back to, um, Oh God! When was it? Was it 2014? Whenever Batwoman, when Carol Kane wanted to marry oh, her girlfriend, right. DC was like, no, no, right. no, no, no. And now, granted, in 2012, I know this because I just looked at this. North Star, or whatever his name was, he was able to marry his boyfriend in Marvel. So, again, I think that's. I don't know if it's wow. Well, and I don't know if it's because, like, with Batwoman, it's not like she was getting married on page 10 of Batgirl or a Batman issue. It was, this is the whole issue. This is the main character. So I wonder if that's the hair that they're splitting there, is that it's like, oh, okay, if this is, like, in another story with something else, it's fine, but it can't be our central focus. So I don't know if that's where the line is, or mm-hmm. if it could just be, you know, and with Marvel, to your point, you mentioned um, Captain Marvel. I don't know if maybe they're a little gun shy now. If that, maybe they were like, okay, we got to step, we got to step off the brakes a little bit here. Well, I mean, uh, what, except the Iceman was canceled like what uh, about a year ago, or yeah, that's true. It seems this is so. This goes back to me saying we're in this lull before San Diego Comic Con. Has he been banging this drum for a year of being like, please, somebody listen to the fact that I had this struggle and we were ignoring it because there was all this other news. And now that there's a lull, people are like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Are you saying something? Or, I mean, there's also the possibility that, you know, he's now no longer working there. So now he's able to say something. I mean, if he was still trying to get gigs there, he's not going to say anything. Right. That's always, always a possibility. So we have this which is kind of interesting and i I really want to keep following it (laughs) my favorite headline that you stumbled across was a doomsday clock assurance that there is a plan it is not vague it's not coy they can't talk about it and they can't go into any detail but there is a plan and that friends is a headline and it's well, the actual headline is well, Doomsday, but I mean, like, yeah. right? The Doomsday Clock story is connected to Bendis's Legion of Superheroes. Of course, I've no idea Legion of Superheroes are because I'm not I'm not versed in obscure D- DC stuff. Right. I mean, even when I saw the Teen Titans go to the movies, when they said Challengers of the Unknown, I didn't that know what obscure. it was. Right. I didn't know what it was. But as soon as uh, Starfire said, that is the obscure, I was like, you know what? I bet that is some random ass comic from like way back in the 50s or something. And as soon as we got in my car, like I pulled up Wikipedia and sure enough, that's what it was. Funny, very, very funny because they do have some random ass obscure comics. And 
But you know, superheroes could totally be that. They said it's been canceled for a long time. And somehow Doomsday Clock is going to be connected. And they're like, oh, but they were already in the, an issue of Doomsday Clock. Well, I'm sorry I missed it. Because I'm probably, right. because again, I have no idea who these people are. And I don't have all this extensive knowledge on this. But... Now, eventually, apparently, this is all going to connect. And so, and I'm going to read out loud this long quote from Bendis on this matter. And I'm curious if any of you think it's, you know, what you get from it. Right. I can speak for other creators as well. I deeply apologize for being so vague and coy about Doomsday Clock. We're not being vague and coy about it behind the scenes. It will all line up at the end, all right? Just to make it very clear, my respect for Jeff Johns and Gary Frank goes back for decades, and this is the story they started telling before I walked in the door at DC. So this is not, there's not an ounce of my body that would do anything to counter or disrespect the path that they're on. As a shared universe writer, my job is, wherever this lands, we will follow. But because we're still coy about it, and then this is the thing where Twitter is not a good way to answer these questions because, you know, you need to hear all these words. And all the words are, it will all matter when it all comes together. But anything else I say sounds like a big spoiler to me, so I'm not going to say anything else. Uh-huh. Yeah, so my favorite sentence in here is, we're not being vague and coy about it behind the scenes. So you guys are talking to one another, and you guys have a plan. Right. Or is it, like, 11% of a plan? I, you know what, honestly, you, there's nothing that they can say that will convince me that it isn't 11% of a plan. Because, like we said... We've had that conversation multiple times about it. Oh, right, because I, I mean, I strongly believe that they had a plan in the beginning with the DC Universe rebirth. Uh-huh. And then that's gone away, so they've had to adjust their plan. You can't convince me of that otherwise, because otherwise Doomsday Clock would have ended by now. I'm sorry. It would have. No, 100%. And no, I'm just saying. I'm, no, oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm agreeing. Yeah. Not, not I'm sorry at you. All right. Moving on. And so now that they're, now that Bendis is here, he's, uh, he, yes, he's saying that, you know, they had this plan before I got here, but I think he might be helping them form a plan by, you know, by connecting with this Legion of Superheroes revival. So it's basically what it is. It's like, you know, we're going to get this wrapped up. All right. And we're, we got this plan in the background and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not changing what, what, what they're doing. Oh no, that's not what he says. I would not do anything to counter or disrespect the path that they're on, but it doesn't mean he's not going to say, Hey, let's get this connected. Yes. Somewhere else. And, you know, and they could they could say, well, no, we got this plan. Oh, okay, cool. You got that plan. Well, I don't know if they had a plan. And so, and Bendis has been with DC now for a year. Mm -hmm. So this has been going on for a while. And it was about a year ago that DC Universe Rebirth died. And yep. Doomsday Clock kind of like, whoa, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> well, the whole, I mean, again, I, I don't even know how many minutes we have devoted to this particular topic over various pod multiple podcasts the whole rebirth thing is just borked they oh, yeah. clearly had a plan it cl 
clearly decided it wasn't working. I don't know if they just decided midstream because sales were down or because there was just such a negative reaction to it or people changed jobs. I don't know. All of a sudden, everything changes. Nothing makes sense. Nothing's linked together. It's, I don't even know what to tell you other than I looked up the Legion of Superheroes and yes, it's from the 1950s and it was the original appearance of Superboy who was teen and back in the 50s was teenage Clark Kent. The more you know. Oh, wow. Well, I do know. Look at at us dropping some knowledge on Yeah, seriously. Well, it's so funny because like, where where is that line in this article? Um, The fan favorite super team from the future has been mostly missing from DC's books for a very long time. So you said from the 50s. So let me see here really quickly. When was the last issue? Hold, please. So... And readers are excited at the prospect of their return. Interesting. Who who are these readers? Apparently, apparently they rebooted it from 94 to 2004. Okay. And there was a post-Infinite Crisis Legion from 2007 to 2015. Okay. That had Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl. Well, on this panel, we got Cosmic Boy, Lightning Boy, and Saturn Girl. I have no idea what this is. So, okay. So, all right. So, I'm wrong. Um, So, it has been around... Oh, Jeff Johns did it. In 2007. All right. You know... Sorry, I mean to interrupt you again, but I just... I was like, holy shit. You know, um, sure. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Why not? You know, I, I again, like I'm not saying that I know everything about DC, you know, um, ever since the new 52, which is when I really got back into comics. But I mean, I have literally never heard of this group. Well, they're super important to Doomsday Clock, Carrie. Get with the program. You know, I know the Watchmen are also super in point and important to Doomsday Clock, and I don't care about them either. Like, why am I reading this? Who talked me into this? Uh, you know the answer to that question. God Look into it. your heart. You know it to be true. Damn it, from. It's <laughs> exactly who it is. Um, oh, this is all, you know, this is what the whole thing's going to move towards. You got to get in on this. Oh, yeah, I totally do. Yeah, well, you know what? Okay, so moving out of our summer of what even is going on. Oh, wait, no, yeah. wait. I, I got to read this one headline real quick. Okay. That totally, like, wraps up the comic book headlines for, for oh the summer gosh. so far. You, are we ready? McFarlane won't rule out Spawn Spider-Man crossover, but don't count on it. Oh, my God. That's a headline, you guys. Like, it, it, that's... That is the very definition of we need something to talk about. We need to keep our our SEO up, our page rank, so we got to get content out. Um, well, you know the sad thing is in uh, video games, it's not much different right now. You know, it's post E three, like people yeah. are going on vacations, like nothing's going on. Yep, it's you know summer's a really weird time, mm-hmm. but it it doesn't really feel like there's anything going on really but the only thing that's weird about it is that 
I haven't seen anyway or heard of like a big summer event for Marvel unless right. this War of the Realms is that summer event in that case like I really don't care and that's I that- think it's that and Hickman saving the X-Men I think that's going to be their big summer thing. okay okay well you know what at the same time that's better than um their Steevil summer event so yeah, I mean, there's they can only go up from there. This is true. But, you know, DC, and I think DC is having one as well in terms of they're killing off characters. Yeah. And they're doing a whole bunch of year one stuff mm-hmm. to uh, retcon, or not, I don't know, retcon, but kind of shoehorn in a lost memory. Right. That we're just now remembering. Yeah, that seems to be their M.O. as of late. Like, oh, wait, you didn't know? They just forgot about this. Um, I say, because speaking of our magical Mr. From, Justice League Dark. So on Wednesday morning, I woke up and I opened up comic chat after I read Justice League Dark. And the first thing I see is Larry, since he's two hours ahead of me, saying, I can't wait for Jen to read Justice League Dark. You guys, I don't even... I I might have to cancel it. I It's so bad. Like, it is so bad. So, Wonder Woman and Zatanna became the Lords of Chaos so that they could fight the Lords of Order. And if you've been wondering to yourself, which Larry and I have been, why... So, they shoehorned Wonder Woman in with this, oh, I've always had her Kate in me, by the way. Um, so I've always been this magical being, didn't you know? Get with the memo. And that's always been a little weird, and I was kind of like, yeah, that's kind of dumb. So they shoehorned in this memory from, let's see, when is it? Oh, a few months ago, actually. So apparently before all the events of this, they have this big conversation in which Diana's like, oh, there's all this magic stuff going on, and Batman's like, you know, you should have all. You should be involved with Justice League Dark because you know the ma- the uh, magic is really with you, and you're really you're such a good person. That and it's so chaotic, magic's so chaotic that you can bring goodness and order to it. So that's why she's been involved with this. Good to know. So she and Satana come up as the Lords of Chaos, which it's kind of cool at one point because like when they show up, it starts raining blood. Which why I don't know. They that's like a straight up chaotic evil sort of thing to do. And then they just don't even mention it ever again. So all of this upside down, man, eating all of the magic, the Lords of order showing up to destroy all of magic and threatening to kill all of the magical creatures, which they have killed several magical characters, BT dubs, all of that for them to then re imprison Nabu in his helmet, the melty helmet, the melty chocolate helmet, and when they do that, when they trap him in the helmet, it frees, uh, what's his name, Dr. Fate and Constantine. And it makes Jason young again. So, or Etrigan, makes him all young again, which... Who's Jason? K, uh, what's his face? Jason, I cannot think of his last name. He's Etrigan. Gone, gone, the former man. Behold the demon, Etrigan. Anyways. Okay, um, sure. Yeah, that guy. I cannot think of his name right now. I'm drawing a total blank. 
But he, uh, so they come back like in the most nonchalant way possible where they're just like, and we're here in the background of a panel. I actually missed it the first time through from how to point it out to me. And then they remove these gems from their forehead to no longer be the Lords of Chaos because chaos is evil and corrupting, don't you know? And they give it to Wonder Woman because they're like, you're such a perfect and pure being. You should be the one to reset all of magic. And so she resets all of the magic world. And they show Upside Down Man and all of that stuff. But they don't really clarify what happens to him or with it. So I have to assume that now they basically just realize, again, I stand by my assessment that this is like three different writers who aren't talking. They're all saying that it's uh, what James Tarantinian the fourth or whatever. They're all saying that it's him, but it's it's not. It's four separate people who aren't talking. Because the whole Lords of Order thing always felt shoehorned in and didn't make sense with the Upside Down Man stuff. And they only have one panel where they show Upside Down Man. And it's when um, Zatanna, speaking in her weirdo magic language, is like, make them be afraid of us again. And Upside Down Man is kind of like, what? And that's like, it i'm confused great me too so, i'm sure I've, so, i'm sure i've done a shitty job explaining it but that's so, how so wonder woman and zatanna they were the lords of chaos right mm-hmm. and they had jewels in their foreheads yes they had and then, the jewel i can't remember the name of it and then they but... gave it they took them out of their head and then zatanna I guess gave hers to wonder woman yeah, so Wonder Woman gets this gem and she rebuilds Mira and magic and all of this stuff and then she destroys the gem, this chaos gem. And I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand what the point of the Lords of Order thing was. It always felt very weird and random and like it didn't belong. So what was the point of all of that? Other than to have Wonder Woman rebuild Mira, which there better be a point to that. Like this better be important. And why are they... In- why are they trying to bend over backwards to install Wonder Woman as the figurehead of the magic universe? I don't, I know that Larry thinks that this makes sense and we got into a big debate about it and he's fully on board with it, but I'm not, I am not on board with her. I understand that she's technically like a demigod and all of this, but I'm still not on board with her being the figurehead of the magic universe. Demigod doesn't mean magic. Thank you. Thank you. And (laughs) I mean, she she's an Amazon, correct? Yes. Amazons were not magical in any yeah. version of Greek mythology you want to look at. Well, that's where you're wrong because she had Hecate in her for her whole life. You just didn't know about it. Keep up with us there. And <sighs> exactly, exactly. And um, I guess I guess I get to the end of it and I'm like, what was the point of this? What's going on with Upside Down Man? What's going on with all this? It feels as though... I swear to God, it feels as though, like last issue, somebody was like, wait a minute, you can't destroy the entire magical universe and all of the magical characters. And they were like, oh, I thought that's what we were doing, though. And somebody was like, no, why would you think that? So they had to dial that back really quick. And it was just... What would you do if you found out this was, from the beginning, the plan? Oh, 
I would be so gravely disappointed. Like, I think that would make me stop reading anything from DC for several years. Or at least nothing from him. Oh, no, DC. Like, I would be so angry at DC. Not that I read a lot of DC series, but I would boycott DC for several years, which is saying a lot for me because there are, you know, several series that I do really like. I would be so utterly disappointed if they came out and they were like, oh, yeah, this was like we storyboarded this a year ago. I would call shenanigans like you would need a carbon date that shit. Because I wouldn't believe you. I really wouldn't. Well, you know, I have like three or four back issues of Justice League Odyssey uh-huh. that I just don't feel like reading because I just am so confused every single time. And the only way I can kind of get an idea is if I read multiple right. issues together. But who wants to do that? Well, I mean, the only reason why I got it in the first place was because of Starfire. Right. And the whole thing with them... Uh, is, I, I don't even can't explain it. Like, I, and I'm behind, but the, just the whole thing with her and Cyborg and Asriel is just weird. It's weird. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how Darkseid's in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get that. It's like the they whole... actually they actually reference though from the from the DC Universe Rebirth number one, mm-hmm. where they have like Darkseid's baby. Not well, I mean someone birthed a baby Darkseid. That's Ew. actually brought up in Justice League Odyssey. Ew. Which to me was like a. Again, I always caught the George Lucas thing. Like, eh, eh, eh. We knew what we were doing all along. Yeah. I planned this 30 years ago. No, you didn't. So, I mean, I, I mean so it sounds like... I think these spinoffs for the Justice League had interesting ideas. And I don't know where they went. Yeah, I... Again, you will never convince me that there was a plan here. But... So, sticking kind of with the DC theme, you have Nightwing. How's Rick doing? Rick's gonna Rick, man. I mean, I don't... Oh, good God. He's still a thing. But, yeah, and he's still on Team Nightwing, and he's even calling it Team Team Nightwing, and they're all calling it Team Nightwing. They don't know his name. Um, they only know that he's a cab driver. And they question, like, how do you know all of, you know, these acrobatic and martial arts... Right. And he's just like, ah, just, you know, picked up, like, things here and there, and so... Learned him at cab school. Right. I mean, considering that he's with a bunch of police officers and a firefighter, and one of them is, like, one of the best detectives in Bloodhaven, they're gonna do some research eventually on this on this guy, when, when things kind of settle down. Right. But the current arc has kind of ended, and so... um I didn't know where it was going to go from there. And it said at the very end, at the bottom, it said, uh, you know, um, next year of the villain. So, which I think oh, right. that's DC's, I think, summer events is the year of the villain. And I really don't yes. care. Yeah, I really don't either. And um, they tried to rope me into that one today. So Mm-mm. I looked at um, the preview for the next issue and it talked about how that with the year of the villain, Lex is going to send the Court of Owls for Rick. And it's like, you lost me. Like, court of Owls. Swear to God. Yeah, you lost me with the court. 
So which, the only thing I can possibly think is that maybe now he'll get his memory back. Maybe, because if anyone's going to pry it out of him, it would be the Court of Owls. Right. That's true. That's fair. Since he is the gray son of Gotham. I got that loud and clear with Nightwing Rebirth. Um, It's like, I don't know how that's going to play with anything else. The thing is very interesting, though, in this issue was he said that he remembers his entire childhood Mm -hmm. up until the day his parents died. And then remembers like ten. And then remembers nothing. So when the KG beast, which I can't believe that's a thing, shot him in the head, the memory loss he's had is from the time of his parents' death to now, which is conveniently I was gonna say that seems super convenient. When, you know, he was adopted by Bruce. By Bruce, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. K. Memories, how do they work? I don't know. I didn't get that far when I studied neuroscience, but uh, I'm pretty sure they don't work like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not like that. So I guess I'll, you know, so wait till next next month and see what's, where it's going to go from here. And I almost wonder if they're almost just kind of playing this out until DC does whatever it's going to do. Right. Well, the summer... Oh, my God. Just had a thought. Okay, so... Uh So, DC, they're doing all this year one stuff right now. I wonder if when the Court of Owls shows up and they, like, shake his memories loose, we're going to have a year one flashback. Oh, that might be. But the summer... When they're trying to do these big events, and it does typically happen, like, in the fall or summer, it always feels like the equivalent of Sweeps Week. It does. It really does. I, where they start or in CWs. Crossover, crossover, crossover. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it. All, yeah, it just, it always feels like some sort of weird Sweeps Week, which I think you define, like, all of Rick as some sort of weird Sweeps Week <laughs> as they figure out what they're doing. Which I don't even think they know. No, and again, if they came to me and said, oh, this was our plan all along, I would kind of call shenanigans. Yeah, no, I refuse to believe that there's any plan. I mean, does Flash have any type of, like, big overarching plan? Well, he's doing his year one right now. Oh, that's right. So, and the, I will say it was very interesting. So, the whole thing of Rebirth was a continuation from the New 52, Correct, and the new right. fifty-two started because of Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. So, in the new fifty-two, there was a long time that before Flash started to even consider liking Iris. They were just kind of friends, and he had another girlfriend for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So, in this year one thing, because he. It goes back to when he first gets his powers and he's trying to learn them and he accidentally runs into the 25th century. And As runs, one does. Right, and runs into his somehow his self who's somehow still alive. And the, the turtle is there and he's proclaimed himself king of Central City and is looking out for the Flash. And so the uh, future Flash is teaching young Flash some tricks and then sends him back to his own time. 
And so young Flash thinks he's like, oh, I have to stop the turtle. Like that is what that's what I need to do because I can't have that kind of a future. So, but it goes into like how he kind of becomes this Flash superhero and it goes through, you know, how he can change into his clothes fast. But then he immediately starts dating Iris. So we've already rewritten what happened in the new 52. Mm -hmm. We're like, it gets serious fast. And the thing is like, and he's able to do everything. He's able to do his job. He's able to date Iris. He's able to be a superhero, which we all know is, if you're in the new 52, that is not what happened at all. Right. And um, it's when he comes across the turtle in his present time that he realizes this is my chance. I have to stop him. Well, the turtle, he, meet, he confronts him in Iron Heights and the turtle basically says, he's like, you know, I've never uh, met anybody who got dealt with the speed force in the same way that I was. You know, he's just got the still force. And he said, uh, he's like, I'll just have you know that, you know, he's like, I've been alive for hundreds of years and I got hundreds of more years to complete my plan. And so Flash becomes, which explains why he's still in the 25th, you know, century. Right. Yeah. And he's king of Central City. And so Flash, he becomes obsessed with like solving all of these cases and mm-hmm. doing what he can to prevent that type of future, which then pushes Iris away. It pushes his friends away. Because he's become obsessed now with doing these cases. Well, as he becomes right. this obsessed and he's, you know, Iris is kind of avoiding him and this and that. The turtle from the 25th century pops up with 25th century Flash in chains. Mm-hmm. And, was, and he says, I told you, I always had a plan. So I'm guessing, yeah. so this is like the big thing mm-hmm. from that, that Flash forgot in year one that he needs to do to find himself. I don't even remember why we're doing year one anymore. <laughs> so long ago. Guess what? Fun fact. I don't think they know either. Because <laughs> someone came to him in his lab and, they, and basically they were like, you have to do this to, rem- you, you need to remember when you first got these powers because you've forgotten something. And when you remember that, then you will understand what you need to do next. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. All right. So I can't so, wait for the uh, Batman year one so we get to hear about his parents dying again. Did his parents die? Yeah. That's wow. kind, of, kind of what started it. They were killed in front of him on Murder Alley. <laughs> I've never heard that story before. How mind blowing. Um, I'm so sick of that story. Uh- <laughs> So, in Hipster Island, Criminal has started a new arc. And I want to make it very clear that I am enjoying Criminal. I love Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker. I love Sean Phillips' art style. I love Ed Brubaker's story. I love his um, dialogue. I, I love everything that they do. If that sounds like there's a big butt coming. But um, I have read a lot of these guys' work. Okay, uh, Fatal, The Fade Out, um, shoot, what is the name of the one I just really, really liked? Kill or Be Killed. Mm-hmm. They know their way around classic, hard-boiled, pulpy detective stories, right? They know their way around it. They have it down to a science. 
so much so that it's starting to feel a little formulaic. So this issue, when I was first reading it, I was like, oh, this is a return to form. This is this really great story about this guy who's a private detective. And back in the 80s, he goes to hunt down this woman that a guy um, has sent him after. And he's kind of like, oh, I know the guy's shady. Like, he's not telling me the full story. But he goes and does it anyway. And then, like, he kind of decides that he has a crush on this woman just from, like, reading descriptions of her and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So right there, I was like, oh, okay. Checking off the list. And... Then, like, he's a Vietnam vet, and he had this horrible, awful, traumatic experience in Vietnam. Check off the list. And, like, he traces her down and realizes that oh, she stole something from this guy. Check off the list. And so he decides that he's going to, like, tell the lady, like, look, you're in trouble. You need to, like, go somewhere else because he had a rough childhood with his mother. Check one off the list. And so now he's decided that he really likes this lady. And then she gasps, double crosses him. Check I didn't see that list. coming. No, I know, right? Like when she when he gets knocked out, I was like, what? Um, not she did not. Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> My first reaction was, you fucking idiot. But it it's good. But it just it's starting to feel a little like, oh this again mm -hmm. and again i do like ed brubaker and one of the things that i've always said about fatal is that fatal was a very interesting series because it had on one hand you had a very standard 1940s slash 50s ish femme fatale character but she was also very much in charge of herself which is kind of weird because she also wasn't. It, it, it's really hard to explain. She was a really complicated character. And I really liked her. But now that seems to be like the only type of woman they know how to write. Uh. Those ones who can't be trusted. That dame that's going to do you wrong. It's it's true. I mean, you can, again, it's, it's very much genre typing. And it's, I mean, if you like the genre. But I, I feel like Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips both could uh, write and draw, respectively, this shit in their sleep now. That's a maybe shame. That, maybe that's what's going on here. I Again, and I think it depends. I think it depends on how... Like, if this had been their first series that I ever read, I might be like, whoa! But it's not. So, I like it. I'm not loving it. Well, maybe and, the, uh, the twist will come down the line. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that it's going to be something that I'll be like, oh, okay, that there's your unique spin on it. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. I'm going okay. to stick with it, but, you know, it's, it's a little strange. Um, and then I just quickly, I started reading their, they're doing another Red Sonja series again. Um, I... You know, the best Red Sonia series that I have read in a really, really long time was still those initial issues done by Gail Simone. I don't know if Gail Simone then got bored with it or she was just kind of going off on a weird, she was going through a phase or what. Red Sonia got a little strange, but those first two or three arcs that she did for Red Sonia were amazing. And 
one of the things that I really liked was that she did the traditional Red Sonia where she doesn't care. She's really brash. She's a barbarian. She does whatever she wants. Um, it was interesting because she did not shy away. Gail Simone did not shy away from Red Sonia's sexuality. Okay. Um, which is just to mean that, you know, she, she likes to get dick every now and then and she'll totally talk about it and does not care. Uh, that part's a little interesting. I, I've noticed that some of the male authors kind of shy away from that because I'm sure they're like, I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> um, but my biggest complaint is that, again, I'm going to bear with the series and see how it goes because um, I love Red Sonia. But it, it's yet another goddamn origin story. And they keep doing this thing where, yeah, exactly, where they're like, oh, let me tell you what really happened when she turned 18. Like, I was telling my husband, I was like, she had the busiest year when she turned 18 of anybody. And I think that was the other thing that I liked about Gail Simone's Red Sonia was that her Red Sonia was like late 20s, early 30s. I mean, she was an adult. She had lived some time. She had lived. She had done a bunch of stuff. 18-year-old Red Sonia is just a little too in your face and ah, look at me, I'm a badass. And um, I don't know. I As soon as I saw when they were like, let me tell you what really happened when she turned 18. I was like, oh, good, again. Busy girl, that Sonia. Um, we'll see. You know. I know. I just, I just know how much you like origin stories. Oh, God, I love them. Can we please have more? Well, and I think the thing that, if there's anything that I hate more than an origin story, it's a, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the real origin story. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, you know what? I still stand by this. If Game of Thrones, the book, not the TV show, if the book Game of Thrones would have started with an origin story for Ned Stark, nobody would have given a shit. Sorry. Um, 100% true. <laughs> and, that, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, you have uncanny. Well, you know, before Hickman comes through and ruins everything, you have uncanny X Men. Yeah, was there an orgy of mutants? There is no orgy. There was murder. Ooh, most foul. Most foul. <laughs> you know, I'm glad Magic's not a real person because I would not want to <laughs> get on her bad side. Yeah, she. Uh charming woman that so last time on uncanny x-men <laughs> logan and quanin because man we have missed her so much uh, right um found emma frost and uh basically confronted her and she's just like eh, whatever like here's my people just throw bodies at them i really don't care type thing and of course Sinister is like well this is awesome I can to go and she's like oh no 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 you don't like we're taking you down I don't trust you either and because you know I think I said last time that it turns out you know she had been um, she's like under control of the American government yeah so she was, she's doing like what she can for mutants but she's still like under under that control and the government comes in and basically takes her away and says you know, like we know what you've betrayed us um we know what you've been doing that you went and, and um, st stole the vaccine to try to get a cure for it. And we're not 
having that, you know, you basically like, not that we're going to kill you, but it's not going to be pleasant for you for some time. Right. And as she's being taken away, she calls out to Scott, like telepathically. And that's like the last panel of the book. But what's going on with Scott and everybody was, you know, they're kind of celebrating because Dark Beast found a cure for the vaccine. And mm-hmm. they're, like, well, how, they're like, well, how are we going to inject this into people? Because, you know, no one's going, they, you know, they took their kids to be injected the vaccine in case they have the X gene. We're not we're not gonna be able to do that and he's like oh silly i've made this airborne we just got to get it up in certain parts of the atmosphere so they do yay it's like yay! you know it's like you know mass effect the, the the genophage has been been counteracted we're all celebrating bake a cake yes and they're kind of out and captain america comes up to scott and he's like you know real captain america not mystique it's like you know I wish that you had talked to me before you went and did this thing. And he was like, what are you talking about? They were going to kill mutants. And he was like, do you know what you've done? And he said, well, we talked about this. And he's like, I have not seen you since you've been back. (laughs) So it's starting to kind of dawn. And so Scott's like, okay, so what is going on? And he said that kids who get the vaccine, a bunch of them have fallen into comas. Oh, dear. So they run back to Dark Beast and they're like, what the hell, man? And he's like, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I did cure it. But um, see, if the X gene is about to activate when they get vaccinated, there's a good chance that they'll that they will go comatose. And so at that point... You know, when they start to figure out that it's only the kids with the X gene that are going comatose, then we'll get to see what kind of people they really are if they want to, you know, murder their kids or try try to save them because that shows you really what they are. And they're basically That's like some dark shit. Well, his name. I mean, is I know that his name's Dark, dark Beast, Beast, but and so they're like, "Why would you do this?" And he's like, "Well, I got to thank Mister Sinister because he showed me like what I was missing from my formula, and this is really like the better plan." Magic teleports him. And as he's and Scott's like, Magic, what are you doing? And and he's like, What where am I going? Um, yeah, she teleported him down and he came in through the ceiling and she stopped teleporting him when his head was through the ceiling. That's one way to decapitate. Someone. I was like Well he's not decapitated because he's still hanging from the ceiling. Oh. It's like, you know, like this part of his face is in the ceiling. Oh. Mm-hmm. But that should, like, kill him and shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, he dead. He dead. Yes. He's so dead. He very dead. Like, there's no coming back from that. At least I not, hope not. At least not without a reboot. <laughs> <laughs> the inevitable reboot. I think my favorite question in Slack today was Drew was like, what did he do that pissed him off so bad that they had to write him out? Well, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, that was pretty bad. But, you know, all I could think of is I was like, mm, some people weren't liking it. <laughs> no, so now they have to figure out a way to cancel the cure. You know, it's, it's, it's the only way to get out of this is a big reboot. Well, now, you know, Emma has called out for Scott for help. So maybe she's going to be the one to save the day. And maybe they're going to hook back up again. I hope not. Because it's going to be really awkward when everybody comes back. Oh, but 
Right. This is what's leading into Hickman saving the X-Men universe. Right. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. How ordinary. Yeah. I'll have to say that that method of killing someone has never crossed my mind. That's pretty gnarly, actually. I'm just saying. Yeah. This just strikes me. I'm still laughing that you said that's some really dark shit. I'm like, well, his name is Dark Beast. <laughs> I know that his name is Dark Beast. I'm still saying. That's like, it's, that's dark, man. That's dark. But I have to say, and this, you know, shouldn't come as a surprise to nobody. It ain't got shit on a walk through hell. <laughs> All right. What's going on now? Oh, my God. You guys. I don't even know what's going on. The at this point, okay, I'm still really liking the series. I want to make that clear, but there are some times when like something they reveal something or something happens, and I'm like, darkness, no <laughs> curtains. Like it's the darkening at this point. Like just it just oh my god it. So they keep going back and forth between the story. We actually get to learn a little bit more about our main character, Shaw. Like, she had an interesting childhood, which on one hand, I'm like, that's interesting and all, but I'm not really sure what the point is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's her making a cocktail for her dad and her dad and mom are arguing because mom, her mom's accusing him of sleeping with somebody else. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting and all. And But is it... <sighs> Yeah, right exactly like uh, okay cool um cool story bro yeah cool story bro um so oh my god so the partner her partner he merged with that one guy and now he's like part of the world and he talks to her through her phone <laughs> okay i i can't i just can't right now <laughs> he talks to her through her phone yeah like i I, you can't really see. I'm trying to like find a good image that shows it, well, but he's like a sentient text message. I mean, don't and you it, normally talk to people through your phone? Yeah, that's true, but he's like part of the phone. <laughs> he's one with the phone. Yeah, he's like a and teenager. <laughs> and they just keep making they keep making the bad guy just so dark. Like it's the type of shit. It's so dark that like it would feel out of place in the Warhammer 40k universe. That's like, pretty dark. Yeah, like there there are some characters that we've read in books, like Abaddon would be like, fuck dude, calm down. <laughs> that's how that's how like just over the top dark this is getting. And they are revealing that the um, they are revealing that the oh god, so the two big reveals for this was that her mentor, Carnahan, she knew that Shaw would frame this guy and kill him. Mm -hmm. She she just knew. She had like a really strong s suspicion, so she kind of used Shaw to do that. So, and then when Shaw when she realizes that, she's like, "That's not okay." And of course, Carnahan's like, eh, "You gotta do what you gotta do, right?" And Carnahan's being tortured now. But this sure, all, sure. yeah, I mean, you know, as you would expect. As one this, does. As one does. This all seems to be, like, I wasn't sure that this was all a revenge plot against Shaw, but it is. 
And he seems to be specifically trying to torture her. So all these other people are suffering just so that he can get to her. And I don't really know why. Okay. I don't... I mean, I, I there's clearly some dark secret other than she framed him and, you know, took matters into her own hands. Like, Okay, that'd be, like, boring as shit. If that's all it is, is he's just like, hey, you did something evil, so you're just as bad as I am, I'm gonna be like, uh, no. No. There's a room of literal, like, just all these children's skeletons from all of his victims, which I'm like, you... I know you're semi-immortal, but that's, like, insane. As I said. As I said. Right. Even chaos would be like, slow down, son. <laughs> it. Uh, it's Slow so, your roll, dude. Yeah, like, calm down. This this pleases no one. Um, I don't even know. I guess Zinch would be pretty thrilled with all of this. Everybody else would be like, nah. Um... It's very dark. It's very interesting. I, I want to know where it's going. I really do. But again, every layer they add to this guy, I'm like, Ugh, stop it. Just stop. So that, that was my kind of disappointment that I had with that one. Um, I mean, not disappointing, but it just, again, kind of like with Criminal where I'm like, I've seen this before. Except it's not like I've seen this before. It's just, okay another layer it's do you ever watch um do you ever watch like on like the uh the cooking competitions where somebody's like frosting a cake or something and then they're like and now i'm gonna put more frosting on and then i'm gonna put sprinkles and then i'm gonna put cereal and you're like okay nobody's eating this (laughs) (laughs) at this point (laughs) that's just that's how i feel with this guy is i'm like god nobody's enjoying this anymore anyways you have, last but not least, you have Mr. and Mrs. X. Yeah, the very last one. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Are you okay? No. I'm sorry. I'll send you flowers. Thanks. <laughs> sorry about your rogue and gambit. I mean, they had a happy <laughs> ending, though, so... <gasps> Did they? Yes. There is no divorce. Yay! They're both alive. Ah! In fact, they both got out of New Orleans and they are back home in their apartment in New York feeding the cats. And they're like, okay, we need to go like find out why we can't get a hold of Scott and Logan. Oh, but that's so nice. Yes, it is nice. And they did. It was a very big wrap up, which I know could seem so like, oh, my gosh, like, did we really have to like put a finer, like a little bow on this? And my answer is yes. Because I'm so sick and tired of the weird triangle between Gambit's past with the Thieves Guild and the Assassin's Guild and Belladonna Mm -hmm. and Rogue. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he's been captured. They've decided and they captured Rogue as well. And but you didn't really know what was going on. Like why they're like, well, Rogue's going to be better than Gambit. So this is great. Well, it turned out that um, they, uh, so Kandra, I didn't know Kandra had died. This shows how closely I keep up with the uh, Assassin's Guild. So, but she's been reborn. And so she's like a middle school child right now. And so she needs a powerful mutant to sacrifice so she can be reborn in that body and have all her powers back. Mm-hmm. And so she's told Gambit he has a choice. He can either sacrifice Rogue and then take his place as rightful king of both the Thieves Guild and the Assassin's Guild, Mm -hmm. and he will have peace with his family. 
But of course, the X-Men will never forgive him. Or he can sacrifice Belladonna. At that point, she's like, say what? (laughs) (laughs) And she can sacrifice Belladonna and keep Rogue, keep his X-Men family, but then never be welcome in the Thieves Guild or Assassin's Guild ever again. And so she gives him like one hour to make his choice. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, they they keep like a power dampening collar on him and take all of his. They strip him down so that he has none of his, um, you know, po- pickpocket tools so he can break out or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't really count on him like being willing to slice open his the side of himself with his bare fingernails. Ew. And squeezing out this. Like a little round pebble, almost, almost looks like a like a round bullet, but it's like this pebble that's that's in him, and he keeps it in his mouth. Well, they've now uncuffed him and they've dragged him before everybody, and he's making his case, and he's like, "I don't choose either one of them." And so she's like, "Well, then I'm just going to sacrifice all three of you just for wasting my time." And he's like, "Yeah, I thought you'd say that." And this whole whole time, because they've made him have his hands behind his neck. He has mm-hmm. picked the uh, the collar off his neck and he spits out the little pebble thing he has in his mouth and it's now filled with kinetic energy. Right. And shoots her. And then he, he spits something else and it gets Rogue's chains. So she's got one hand free so she, you know, uh, lock picks the other chain. And then Rogue and Belladonna are actually fighting back to back. With you know against Kandra oh, and all nice, of, and all of her minions, and at that point, it's like she's about to kill them all. Remy's dad shows up and was just like, "All right, you know what? This is enough. Like we're tired of this." Mm-hmm. And they and they suit they um, subdue Kandra and they basically lock her up. And Remy says, "Like, look, I'm still the king of thieves, but I have a I have my wife now. I do have another family. Like I can't, I'm so tired of you guys making me choose. So this is what's going to happen." My dad is going to be my proxy mm-hmm. for the thieves. And Belladonna is the proxy for the Assassin's Guild. And Belladonna and my dad are going to work together from now on. And they're like, that sounds great. We're all happy with this. And then Remy's dad congratulates him. And they go back home. So, yes, this one was like, oh my gosh, that's so cheesy. This wrapped it all up. I'm like, at the same time, yes, but... That shit is finally over, at least for yes. a while. <laughs> right. Well, I would argue that that particular plot line needed to be wrapped up and put to bed. Right. And just, you know, when they had Belladonna and Rogue fighting back to back, like, that's all we needed. Right there. Right. right. The two of them stopped fighting. Mm-hmm. And Belladonna over it and moving on and understanding. Love it. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. I'm what... just so impressed that they didn't get like a divorce or break up, or they're like, "This isn't gonna work." Yes, well, you know, Hickman can always come in and oh, for sure, fuck that up, shit all over everything. But you know, I mean, goddamn it, for a little while there, I'll just keep reading Kelly Thompson's Gambit and Rogue and Mr. and Mrs. X like over and over and over again. Right. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally good with it. Totally good with it. 
That makes me all happy for you. Yes, it was, it was sweet. I mean, and I knew this couldn't go on forever anyway, because I don't know how you can have like constantly just like the two of them. And it's really funny because they're talking about kids, the mm -hmm. possibility, or someone like, I think Belladonna brings up kids and Rogue like, bursts out laughing and Belladonna's like, well, it's going to happen someday. And she goes, she goes, honey, we can't even go on a honeymoon without people trying to kill us. I don't <laughs> think bringing a baby in this world is a good idea right now. I am. I'd, love, I'd love a little gambit ba rogue baby. Oh, I know, right? It'd be so cute. I'd be supportive. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it would be, it, it would be, and like, wouldn't, you would think that maybe like her powers would work on the fetus. That she would be like, you know, anyways, just saying. Well, it, she's, got about, she's got control of them now. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Oh. One of the few times I don't mind that it had a nice little bow wrapped on it. Oh, that's good. But <sighs> Gideon Falls, it, it's nowhere. <laughs> it's nowhere near having a bow on it. I, I still, I still like it. The one thing that I want to draw a special attention to in this is that. I still don't understand what's going on. There's all this time travel and alternate universe and alternate reality stuff going on where they're going through, all, or not alternate universe and reality, but like alternate timelines and they're tip, they're hip, they're uh, leapfrogging through time all over the place. And this is the one with the black barn, right? Yeah, it's 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 so weird, you guys. And I can't even decide if I'm like really enjoying it weird. But there was a particular note that I really liked in this one where a character a female character the uh, psychiatrist character she shows up in this one mm -hmm. but it's it's clearly in the future and she's old okay and the way that they drew her was so nice because they definitely I mean they, they managed to make this character look the same but old and so like as soon as she showed up in there because you know with like TV shows and stuff like that, it's very obvious when somebody shows up and you're like, oh, that's this old person. But it's a little harder with drawings, especially with a surrealist as this art style kind of is. That I think it would have been hard with any other artist. But this, like, she shows up and I was immediately like, oh my God, it's her. And it totally was her. And that was, that was just kind of nice. Um, this is so weird. Like... <laughs> I, and I, you know, I was telling my husband, I was like, I don't know if I like it. And he was like, well, how many issues have you felt that way? And I was like, uh, like four now. And he was like, then you don't like it. Like, if you can't figure out if you're enjoying this after the four issues, you're not enjoying it. And I was like, you know, I think you might be right. You, you haven't said anything nice about it in a very long time. But of course... Then again, yeah. you haven't said anything nice about um, what's its face JLD in a very nice time, a very nice time, a very long time either, and you still. I'm not enjoying that at all, though. Like I can tell you, I hate this, and I'm not enjoying it. Um, this, I, 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 I want to like it because, you know, it's it, it's our boy, and. I, I want to I want to like it because it's Jeff Lemire, but it's not it's not his best work. It started out so very good, and I don't know if it's that I don't 
it started out so very good and i think he had a really good plan and i can't tell if this is one of those things where he didn't learn to cut his darlings so like he would suddenly be like oh my god what if this happens and instead of someone being like no dude focus he was like i'm just gonna do it because that's kind of what it feels like right now is that that he's just kind of flying by the seat of his pants like oh my gosh wouldn't it be so awesome if this happened then and i feel i guess what i'm saying is i feel like this needed a a firmer editor or maybe this was his plan the whole time and eh, eh. (laughs) um i mean they can't all be winners right yeah that that is true but i guess it kind of surprises me for him like i i would want to think that he does have some sort of plan i'm i have to imagine he does i have to imagine this is all within his plan it's just i'm gonna keep with it because i'm i'm intrigued enough that i was like again i don't know if i'm enjoying it but i think it's gonna depend on where it lands mm-hmm, where if it, it lands somewhere where i'm like oh this all makes sense and this is so cool that'll be totally worth the ride but there's a very strong possibility that it won't yeah and then i'm gonna be really sad and disappointed uh, is this a monthly comic it is mm, why don't you give it like another four months i'm gonna i'm gonna i think if I'm not mistaken, I get the distinct impression that this is going to be kind of like um, Royal City, where it's a very, it's a small number of issues, it has a set end, and he's progressing towards one story. Like, I don't think this is going to be one of those things where it's like, here we are two years later, and we're still going with this bizarre-ass story. I, I think he does have a clear beginning, middle, and end, and I feel like we're kind of in the middle right now, going towards the end, so... Mm-hmm. I'm gonna st- again. I'm gonna stick with it because he might stick it, and I'm like, oh, everything all makes sense now. But I'm also prepared for the eventuality that that doesn't happen. Well, and I'm prepared for Hickman really fucking up the X Men. So no, he's gonna fix them, Carrie. No. I think you miss. I think you missed his article where he's gonna fix all of the world's problems, and there will be peace in the X Men universe and orgies. An origin. God, what a weird comment to make. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not what it is, where he's just like, look how dark and edgy my X-Men are. Like, well, really- what's dark and edgy about everyone jumping in bed together? Because, I'm sorry, they already do in the first place. Uh, now, yeah. granted, it's not all at once. <gasps> They're becoming slanishy. That's That's not even funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Just... No. I'm going to go sulk over here now. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I might not be sulking, but I'm considering sulking. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you. all that comment was, was him just trying to get some attention. I, you know what? I have to imagine that's what it is. That like, I have to imagine that that was Hickman being like, oh, I bet you I can get people to talk about this. That's one way to do it. And here we all are. With orgies. Giving him what he wants. <laughs> Anyways, you want to take us out? I shall take us out. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode number 56, The Dog Days of Summer. Uh, we were hoping that uh, maybe after the 4th of July, things will maybe pick up a little bit. And of course, if you are doing anything fun this 4th of July, please be careful and enjoy fireworks responsibly. Is that illegal in your state? It's not illegal. It's only legal in certain areas, like no, like my neighborhood. Oh, nice! It's not legal here. 
but you know you could go out into this big open field and go nuts and it doesn't mean people don't do it anyway i mean oh well yeah of course people gonna people people are anyways gonna, people are gonna people i like that <laughs> <laughs> but in, but anyway um you can uh if you liked our yellings or or our not yellings just our rantings about comics Please to please subscribe. Uh, I can't even talk. I quit. All right. <laughs> please like, subscribe, and all those, and leave a review, and all those wonderful things. See, I can't talk. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, or you can even listen to this podcast on our website, yellingaboutcomics.com, which where you will also find some of our um, musings about different things going on in the world of comics. Uh, and our own comics that we're reading, as well as uh, TV shows and movies. And you can find the site um, on Twitter at YellAboutComics. You can find me at Crunchy Chocobo, and you can find Jen at Jen Bozier. And with that, we're going to say good night and good luck. We need all the luck we can get. Obviously, I do, because I can't talk. <laughs> Good.